You are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. All right, here we are. Once again, we are back. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, and sitting with perfect posture across from me is my lovely co-host, Brittany Page. I have been complimented on my posture by strangers multiple times. Yeah, it's like you're walking around with an invisible back brace. I'm terrified to get a hunchback. It's as though you grew up with scoliosis and were wearing one of those contorting weird, weird braces. I'm very fearful of developing a hunchback. It's a very... I'm scared of it. A hunchback. Yes. Like the hunchback of Notre Dame. I, I understand which hunchback. I think when everyone thinks of a hunchback, they don't think Gary the hunchback. They think of Quasimodo. Mm, there's many hunchbacks. <laughs> <laughs> many famous hunchbacks? Yes. I can think Igor of of Frankenstein fame mm-hmm. and Quasimodo. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe Gertrude... The old bag hatch, uh, I almost said hatchback like it's a fucking Subaru, hunchback. Many. There you go. You just named them. Two. It's a litany of hunchbacks. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, like I said, welcome to the show. This is I Doubt It. I am Dollamore. That is Brittany Page. This is episode 35. Oh, how, how long we've come. I actually went back on the website today and was trying to find the Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps episode and... That was months and months ago. That was a, I, I had to really search for it. Yeah. It's, this is old hat. I'm excited to get to like episode 100. Yeah. And then look back on how far we've come and all the fans that have stuck by us. And <laughs> just, to, you know, it's going to be so great. Well, 100 episodes is, it's a, it, that's a landmark achievement. Yes. I mean, two a week. It gets us there, obviously, doing the math twice as fast as some of the podcasts that that do them once a week. But, yeah. hey, man, it's still the the century mark. Hey, man. Hey, man. So, um, as always, iTunes and Stitcher, they are, they are yearning for your reviews and your ratings. Um, like the Facebook page. Admonish, admonish your friends to like the Facebook page and to interact. Yes. Through your various likes and comments, we can create a wonderful symbiosis and relationship mm-hmm. with you, our fan base. <laughs> Fucking nerd turd I am. And Twitter. And then, of course, if you're going to spend your money at Amazon.com, if you're going to spend it anyway, go to Dollamore.com. And at the up, upper right section of the website, there's a link to Amazon where you can buy a book or fresh produce. Yes. I, do you think they sell fresh produce? I think so. They've got, they sell everything. So if you're going to spend it anyway, you're not, you're, you're, you're not spending extra money. You're just spending what you would have spent. It goes a long way toward helping the show recoup some costs and keep us on the proverbial air. Amazon Fresh. Same day and early morning delivery of fresh groceries. Are you fucking kidding me? That's a thing. That's amazing. That seriously, that is amazing. They have it all. Amazon It I mean, I don't want to do a commercial for Amazon. Yeah, but... you do because we have a link. Go oh. use that link. <laughs> they have all of your needs covered. They really do. I wonder if they have child brides. Uh that is probably not. They probably don't have job okay, rights. Okay, good. I hope not. <laughs> well, good. Well, we just got done with Independence Day. In America, the 4th of July is Independence Day, where we celebrate our independence from Great Britain, from England, the crown. And apparently, a lot of Americans don't know that it's Independence Day, and they call it the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, 
when that's not the holiday. It's not the 4th of July. It's Independence Day. I, I, I know you're looking at me like I am just a, just a, an old grumpy bastard. It's a, along the same lines, and I'm going to jump to the, jump beat you to the to the, to the punch. It's like when we were at that screening of that movie. Yeah, I know. And someone thanked you for your service on Memorial Day, and you said, "Uh, it's not really about that." Oh, but but thank you, thank you. No, I didn't say it's not really about that, but thank you. I said thank you very much. But I'm just making you look really bad. Yeah, That's I know. what I'm trying to do. Can you well, just let me do that? Listen, I, I do that well enough on my own. I don't need a fucking push into oblivion. You just act like it is not about it can't be about freedom because it's Independence Day. No. no. Well, you're talking. You, you, you jump started it. I was going to talk about it. On th- this this holiday on Independence Day, I. In my snarky, relatively shitty kind of way, I said, just a brief, this is on my Facebook page, just a brief reminder that this holiday's name is Independence Day, not 4th of July. So, happy Independence Day. And there's a bunch of comments. And one of my Facebook friends, who's an intelligent guy, says, out of the blue, I didn't, he says, tell that when I said, so happy Independence Day, he says, Tell that to the cop at your illegal DUI checkpoint. And I said to him, did the cop at the illegal DUI checkpoint do something to to make the United States less independent from England? And then he says, no, but he stole my freedoms. To which I replied, this isn't Freedom Day. It's Independence Day. So that's what Brittany was saying about the Freedom Day. It's everybody's talking about our freedoms and and all that, and that's great. And I, I, I would like everyone to appreciate the freedoms we have here, we have here in this country. But that's not what the Fourth of July is. I guess indirectly, maybe it is, but it's really about independ- our independence from Great Britain, from England, and from also, the Crown, and also our freedom from the Crown and Britain. Well, fr- being free of them does not equate freedom in general as a, as a philosophy. It mm. means we are independent of the crown. We declared our independence. And our freedom. It's not the declaration of freedom that John Hancock signed. It's the declaration of independence. Thomas Jefferson didn't pen the declaration of freedom. He penned the declaration of independence. I know you feel like you're essing <laughs> in my mouth right now, but I'm too arrogant oh, to feel that you are. I'm essing in your mouth, all right, and I'm doing I'm doing it well because you're fucking wrong, and so <laughs> and so is so is Knucklehead Boy who wanted to talk about DUI checkpoints. Nah, and so is well, yes, no, he was wrong <laughs> talking about DUI checkpoints. That's dumb, but. <laughs> I'm I am making a very good point yeah. and very right. You know the the other thing is, and, and this goes along with with the Independence Day argument is this is something that fucking I don't want to get into. The, it grinds my gears, and it fucking bothers me when the whole the, the whole uh, apostrophe America, uh, America. Yeah. I, for me, it bothers me because I think it's disrespectful. I think that it's 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 a lot of the people that I see do it are the types who are ironically and I'm using my air quotes they're ironically celebrating the 4th of July. They're being patriotic ironically. Yeah. And that's a fucking bummer. There's a lot to listen. Of course, anybody who listens to the show knows there's a lot of shit that, that to be bummed out about in our country. But that's any country. But overwhelmingly, I believe there's more to be appreciative of. There's more to celebrate than there is to shit on in yeah. America. In yeah. fact, it's awesome. So the people who do, oh, America, America, it's almost like they're making fun of people who want to be patriotic and celebrate the freedoms that we have. I also, I think it's annoying because we get it. 
Yeah. I, it was yeah, funny, yeah, like yeah. the first couple of times I saw it, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> America, yeah, that's kind of funny. Now it's not. Now it's kind of, let's stop doing it. Let's move on. Let's think of something new, no, I, I guess. I think that that encapsulates so many things that could be... Listen, it's funny, but we get it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the we get it is, goddamn, that could be so many things. Yeah, yeah. Ha, 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 funny. We get it. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. It's also someone else usurping and jumping on the bandwagon of somebody else's fucking funny thing. You didn't fucking make up America. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. If you made it up, that's your fucking thing. Ride that pony until it's fucking dead. Well, there's plenty of catchphrases that people don't come up with that they use, and that's fine. Yeah, they're all dumb. Um, Get her done. That's not the only (laughs) phrase. I mean, that's certainly a dumb one. Yeah, well, it's definitely dumb. No, I'm I'm just, again, essing in your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully people know what that means. I think they do. Okay. Because we say we're shitting in your mouth all the time, not your mouth. but Yeah, well. Shitting on this and shitting on that. Yeah. I think it's, we almost named the show, Listen to Jesse D, Shit. On everybody. I, I don't know. Fuck. That, that would that have been a terrible, terrible title. Terrible. It was also a terrible joke. It also illustrates what a terrible rapper I would be. It's almost as bad as Mer- America, mm. what you just did. Mm-hmm. Well, at least I'm happy that you can't, it doesn't just flow off the tongue, that you got tongue tied saying America. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so hateful? I know, I am. So anyway, happy Independence Day, all American listeners. I don't want to belabor our holiday, our our Independence Day, because we have a lot of international listeners who probably don't give a flying fuck about Independence Day. So we'll move on to a topic everyone can appreciate. Mm -hmm. Polygamy. Yay! (laughs) Uh, So we started watching Big Love on HBO, and Jesse's already seen it. I have not, and of course, it's with Bill Paxton, uh, Jeannie Triplehorn, right? Uh, Jeannie, yeah, I, I was trying to think of what her first name is. Jennifer Goodwin, and then Chloe something. Savini or something, yeah. yeah. she's she's the blonde, terrible one, and... Good actress, her character is terrible. Her ter- yeah, terrible. <laughs> Talk about a serious case of the RBF. Oh, yeah. She has a resting bitch face when she's trying to smile. Yeah, she it's has... It's not even resting. It's just fucking activated all the time. I've had people compliment me. I mean, not compliment. That's that's not, <laughs> that's not the word. Comment on my bitch glare is what mm-hmm. it's been called. Yeah. Because when I am angry about something, I have a bitch glare that's apparently very on point. We've talked about this. And she also has one that rivals mine. But the show Big Love is really good, and I'm into season three right now, and I have kind of come around. This sounds weird. It is very weird. Well, it's it's also it's a it's a weird taboo to talk about. Well, I I was saying that I've come around on polygamy, which is weird to say. But I've I've been argue I've been in plenty of arguments with people about gay marriage, and. You know, there's always the argument, well, you know, what if people start being able to take multiple wives? And I would say, uh, yeah, what if? And now that I've been watching Big Love, I'm kind of like, who cares? It's awesome because this isn't something we've really had a lot of talks about, you and I. But this is a position I've held for a long time. When people say that very thing, well, what's next? Well, idiots will say, well... If you allow gay marriage, then what's next? A dude marrying his dog or his or his bird? That's usually after the polygamy, right? Argument. And that's that's fucking dumb because yeah. a bird can't consent. Yeah. But and listen, I think polygamy is fucking weird and wacky. Oh yeah, when I say coming around, I don't mean that I yeah, think yeah. it's good or positive yeah, it's, or it's normal. Un- unhealthy and it's it's fucking goofy. But it's if consenting adults. And I don't mean g- little girls, because there's also a weird child, child, child rape, fucking element to this. Um, and if you're not leeching off the system and welfare, and you and three women decide they want to marry you, and you all fucking who who gives a fuck? 
Yeah, and that's the thing the show does a good job of showing the Bill Paxton and his three wives live in the suburbs, but they are regularly in contact with like an FLDS a fundamental, compound. A fundamentalist Latter-day Saint Mormon community. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there's the prophet there and he has 16 wives or whatever and he's marrying a child. And when you have those situations like Warren Jeffs, he, you know, was the big prophet guy that was taken down from a fundamentalist compound years ago. And he was in trouble for marrying child brides. And right. in the show, they illustrate that this prophet on this compound is marrying a child bride. And if they're doing that kind of stuff, for sure that's wrong. That needs to be taken care of. People are being victimized. And if they're on food stamps or they're getting government right. handouts, then that's a problem too to, to you know, support their crazy beliefs of needing to populate the planet or their own planets. I'm sorry. You know, all that stuff. Right, right. Well, that's, we're getting into Mormon Mormon dogma that is either not believed by the Mormon church or not admitted to be believed by the Mormon church, which is we're kind of getting down a rabbit hole. But really, the, the, the thing, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is what is the argument against polygamy? It, it's just that, oh, that's weird. Yeah, but fuck. Who, who fucking cares? It's it's multiple consenting adults yeah i think polyamorous people people who have open marriages i believe that that's generally well i guess just for me it's unhealthy it's weird i think it's weird and and, and i don't understand it but just because i don't understand it doesn't mean it should be fucking illegal yeah and it's similar to when people are ask how do i explain gay marriage to my kid you know my kid comes home and says oh sarah has two mommies and you just say yeah you know some people are gay and lesbians and sometimes they have they're in love with the same sex yeah, yeah and then you know oh sarah has three mommies and one dad what's that about you're just like yeah yep. some people do that too i don't know <laughs> we don't <laughs> we don't do that and it's maybe not the best thing for humans but some people do that yeah. and let's educate you about the reality of the situation yeah not hide everything from you. Very funny. Anyway, so if you if you want to get turned on to a, a halfway decent show, it's not the greatest show that's ever ever been made or anything. I mean, it's no The Shield or Sopranos or Six Feet Under. Yeah. But it's a good fucking show. You might want to check it out. It's interesting. And this has been a very divergent path we've taken. It's not necessarily a full-on topic we want to do. a. Let, we're going to do a whole episode on polygamy. <laughs> curious to hear from people what they think about it and yeah. kind of if they agree with what we're saying well also what would their arguments be against it yeah because it's really it's a liberty thing if if i want to marry three women and they want to marry me whose fucking business is it and this is it's not rhetorical I, i'm asking this to the audience whose business is it it's if it's if it's not my business that two consenting men or two consenting women marry, then why is it my business if three women or ten women want to marry one man? Or if three dudes want to marry one woman? Whose, whose business is that? Yeah. Anyway, it's a good show and actually a very interesting topic. That, that this is, I'm a prophet here. I'm being a prophet. I do think this eventually... I would say within the next 10 years will be a topic of, of, of discussion and uh, judgment for the courts because polygamists there's, they estimate like 50,000 polygamists who live just within, I think Utah's borders. It's, oh, wow. it's a, it's a large, because it's such a historic thing for the Mormon church mm -hmm. and they're going to want their day in court. Yeah. And th the gay marriage precedent is being set and it's the same, same arguments that they'll use. Yeah. So. Well, everyone should watch Big Love and then they'll come around on polygamy because I was I was totally trying to figure out how I can make an argument against it. Every time someone brought it up, I tried to, you know, get away from the topic because I didn't know how to address it. And now I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it doesn't hurt me. Who fucking cares? So everybody knows, I guess I should say, and moving on. <laughs> everybody knows and has heard of fucking gluten. I would say very few people know what gluten is, but this anti-gluten fad has fucking gone nutty. I I can't speak for worldwide, but in the United States, it is 
very prevalent right now. It's a protein found in wheat and related grains, including barley and rye, and it gives elasticity to dough, helping it rise and keep its shape, and often gives the final product a chewy texture. Right. So, for instance, if you've ever wondered why there is cake flour, bread flour, and all-purpose flour, that has to do with how much gluten is in the bread, how much uh, elasticity and how much... um, that protein, which causes chewiness. So like a, a, a hard bread, like a sourdough, is going to have a lot more gluten in it than cake flour, which is very light and airy. And smells really good, it, by it the does. way. It does. It almost smells sweet. Yeah, it's tasty. I mean, so, smelling, tasting, smelly. What? It smells tasty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's what gluten is, or a very, very basic explanation of what gluten is. But... Time just did a super interesting article. Yeah, my buddy Jeffrey Kluger, we've talked about him before because he loves to railroad Jenny McCarthy on the vaccine thing. He's a science writer for Time. Yeah, very smart guy. Yeah. A smart guy whom we appreciate a lot. Yes. So he wrote this article on gluten and he talked about how gluten is to this decade what carbohydrates were to the last one and fat was to the 80s and 90s. The bad boy, the cause of all that ails you, and the elimination of which can heal you, right? That's what you're always hearing about gluten, is that it's bad, and if you eliminate it, it will cure all of these things. So, the Wall Street Journal reported today that a whole lot of this business surrounding gluten is just what Jeffrey Kluger calls hooey. A result of trendiness, smart marketing, internet gossip, and too many people who know too little about nutrition saying too many silly things. Now, that's pretty typical of many topics, but gluten especially at the moment. So gluten is actually negative for some people. For, you know, that's it's interesting. I didn't even know what gluten was until about, I want to say, six years ago. And I only know, and I know a lot of people, but I only know one person who has an actual gluten allergy, a diagnosed, a medically diagnosed gluten allergy. And I I had no idea what it was. She had explained to me that it's an allergic, she explained it very basically, that it's it's a wheat allergy. She can't eat pizza. She has to just eat the toppings off the top of pizza. She has to drink special beer that is gluten free. So if you're if you're listening, Chelsea, here's a shout out to you because you are the single only person that I know with an actual with celiac disease. And celiac disease is an immune reaction to gluten that damages the small intestine. And it's very real and it affects between two and three million Americans. And then there's also gluten ataxia and it attacks the brain, leading to problems in gait and muscular control. So there's definitely issues with gluten, but it's only for certain people. And another 18 million Americans may have some lesser form of gluten sensitivity that cause minor intestinal discomfort discomfort, but no damage. So when you crunch the numbers, and Jeffrey Kluger did, what do we get? Perhaps 1% of Americans definitely need to be gluten-free. Another 5.7% of Americans. So 1% of Americans, that means 3 million people. Okay. That's 3 million. Out of, we have three, 350 million. So 3.5 million. That's very, very few. And then another 5.7 ought to be careful with gluten. Okay, so now we're talking about less than 9% of Americans. And so as for the other 93% of Americans, there's no problem. But that's not <laughs> that's not what you'll see when you look at the stores or at the internet or the reactions that people claim to have yes. related to gluten. And well, the, the American corporate American corporations have jumped on the anti or the non. How do they? What? How do they phrase it? Gluten free, the yeah. gluten free bandwagon, fucking like gangbusters. Yeah, and it's you know these bloggers and people on the internet they claim that going gluten free can help you lose weight, fight infertility, overcome fatigue, treat diabetes, cure AIDS, and reduce. The- <laughs> Reduce the symptoms of autism. So, of course. you know, they always have to throw that in there. 
And it's big money for marketers. They, you know, for products like Chobani yogurt, which didn't have gluten in it in the first place. They add a gluten-free label on there. Right. And they make more money because of the fat. Everybody hears how bad gluten is, and they just jump on the bandwagon. I think he included numbers in the article about how many more how many more hundreds of products are available gluten-free or labeled gluten-free that once weren't well he says u.s sales of products carrying the gluten-free label jumped from 11.5 billion to 23 billion in just the past four years in four years they went from 11 to almost 25 billion dollars just because of their labeling the stuff. And General Mills alone has added 600 products to its inventory since 2008. That's just General Mills. Yeah. That's just one company. Yeah. So this is this is awesome to me because it's kind of a lesson in free market economy, in free market theory, that a lot of people will claim, well, the government should step in and, and, and make these companies offer more gluten-free options because it's better for people and blah, blah, blah. It's better for their health. This is a great case, and I don't know that anybody was doing that relative to forcing or making the government force um, companies to do that. They the, definitely do it with GMOs. They definitely labeling. do it with GMOs. But what's great about this is there was there was a call in the market for more gluten-free, and what happened? Well, the companies answered. The marketplace answered that need. There was no need for the government to tell companies they had to do this or do that. Because the market adjusted, and it didn't even take long. In, in less than four years, we went from 11 to almost $25 billion in sales, and one company, its portfolio of, of gluten-free products went to over 600. That's, that's a, an, an, or, or is it 600 more products? added 600 gluten-free products to its inventory. They added 600. Now, that And I also wonder if they actually added gluten-free products just or that. just put a label on it saying right. gluten-free even if it wasn't necessarily containing gluten in the first place. Well, he he makes a funny a funny point in the onset of the article where he talks about, you know, if you want to get on the gluten-free bandwagon, why don't you go and trademark gluten-free salt? Yeah. Or gluten-free water. Yeah. Or gluten-free whatever. Shoes. Shoes. Yeah, he said if you missed the boat on those, you should get gluten-free shoes. Well, what's great about it is the American consumer, the worldwide consumer for that matter, is pretty fucking gullible. Yeah. It's the same thing with, and we're not going to get into this today, but it's the same thing with the, the GMO asswipes, mm -hmm. the anti-GMO people. They want it labeled. I want it labeled. Yeah. Fuck you. you the, there's only one study that has been recanted and then, re and then recently republished that is against GMOs, but it's been... It's been so shit shit upon that they had to redact yeah. and retract the study. And it was about mice whose stomachs explode or something. Total bullshit. And anyway, we're not going to get into GMO. I, I seriously, I'm chomping at the bit to do it. We should do a whole episode on GMO is really what we should do. Yeah. In fact, I would like the audience to weigh in. Would that be something interesting for us to talk about? Because I'd love to get into to maybe even have somebody in talking about the science of GMOs. And and the benefit that GMOs... Gee, look, I can't fucking stop. All right, I'm stopping. Okay, good, because I need to continue <laughs> reading. I'm trying to read here. I know, I'm trying to read. So while manufacturers are getting rich on the gluten-free craze, consumers might be getting sick. Not only will gluten-free products do you no good if you're not gluten-sensitive, taking out the offending ingredient requires replacing it with something else for texture or taste. Right. A whole range of products, including spaghetti, pancake mix, and potato chips, therefore, have less fiber and protein and more sugar and sodium in their gluten-free formulation than in their supposedly less healthy one. Which is, oddly enough, probably going to make you gain weight. <laughs> Exactly. Less fiber, more sugar. That's a fucking catastrophe weight-wise waiting to happen. Yeah. As a representative of the Center for Science in the Public Interest told the journal, quote, the gluten-free fad has actually undermined people's health because now there are gluten-free varieties of all that junk food. Whether your donut is gluten-free or not, it's still a donut. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. So basically, if you don't have a gluten sensitivity issue, stop 
acting like you need gluten-free food and well, also, let's move on. Listen, if you think you, you, you need gluten-free and you think gluten-free is so great and gluten-free and gluten-free and gluten-free, go, listen, do, do the bare minimum of research and Wikipedia gluten. Just do that and find out what the fuck it is and understand it. Don't, don't just do it because it's fad. That, that, that's the problem with we've become such a fast food kind of a culture that it's whatever's popular, whatever's popular. If you look at, just think about the last few years and, and all these weird diets, the Miami Beach diet or the South Beach diet and the, the Atkins bullshit. And now paleo is super big. Weight Watchers was a giant thing. Nutrislim in the late 70s and 80s was a fucking weird thing. Yeah, there's some funny, goofy ones throughout history. In the 1820s, Lord Byron pop popularized the vinegar and water diet, which mm. entails drinking water mixed with apple cider vinegar. That, and I've still seen this on Pinterest before. Th this would actually be a great diet for you because didn't when you were a child used to sneak in and take sips of vinegar out of the bottle? Yes. Mm, mm good. Vinegar is extremely tasty and smells delicious. Um, wow. Y you must really enjoy the smell of sour balls because vinegar is not no, no, tasty. No, no, no. no I don't enjoy the smell of sour balls. <laughs> and we won't discuss how I know about that. Okay. <laughs> in, in 19... In 1925, the Lucky Strike cigarette brand launched the Reach for a Lucky instead of a Sweet campaign. Well, that that's not a diet fad. That's just a fucking a, a cruel, heartless, fucking evil marketing campaign by a terrible company. Yeah, I know. It's sickening. I just wanted to uh, some of bring these, that disturbing tidbit up. Some of these on the list aren't actually fads. They're just... Some of the ones I wanted to talk about were like... Oprah Winfrey, when she lost like, you know, 520 pounds, because she's always been kind of a cow, she brings out a, a wagon. It says it there. She hauls out a wagon onto stage because she was on like a, a juice diet or a liquid something or other. Well, it's just like Dr. Oz promoting all of these things. Right. The, this this list that Jesse's referring to is diets throughout history. It's a CNN article, and they talk about the grapefruit diet from the 1930s, the cabbage soup diet from the 1950s, the Sleeping Beauty diet, which involves sedation from the 1970s. I Elvis, Elvis was apparently yeah. a fan. Elvis was a fan. Of Who would have thought? Uh, Slim Fast became popular in 1977. All of these things. And gluten will be added to this list. And then right. in 30 years, we'll look back and go, ha, 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 look at the gluten fad. Yeah, we'll be making fun of those. We'll be making fun of this gluten thing. And we will be making fun of it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. But it'll just be 10 years down the line because we'll look back just shaking our heads. This was something interesting, too, on this list. 1991, Americans go low fat eating foods like McDonald's McLean Deluxe Burger. Well, I think what they're pointing out is that uh, marketers and companies jumped on the, the non-fat bandwagon. And in as many months, we there has been research that maybe it was bad to completely cut out fat from your diet. Ultimately, I think what, what it really points to is fucking be moderate. Yeah. Well, you there's... can't completely eliminate gluten. You can't completely eliminate carbs. Just eat fucking healthy. Yeah. And generally, eat less calories than you burn. Yeah, and also don't be fooled by all those commercials featuring Jessica Simpson and, and uh, what's her name? The Jennifer, Osborne. Jennifer Hudson. Oh, yeah, her too. Or No, not the Osborne. Jennifer the Osmond. Hud Jennifer Hudson and uh, Marie Osmond. Yeah, Marie Osmond. That's, I think that's Weight Watchers. Or is it Nutra Slim or Nutra I don't know, but all, all of it, I mean, they... Well, here's the deal. A lot of these companies, even the companies like the diet pill, the hydroxy cut and all them, you see these pictures before and after, and you see celebrities before and after. These companies will find people, especially hydroxy cut, they'll find people who are, who are athletically prone, people who were athletes in their former life, women who got pregnant and they were an athlete, and then they lose all the weight because they're going to lose it anyway. Yeah. They, Nutrisystem and all these other bullshit companies allegedly bullshit companies <laughs> they do the same thing with celebrities yeah except they... they dangle millions of dollars in an endorsement deal in front of them and then they go out and use some of that millions of dollars 
to hire a personal trainer and a, a nutritionist. And then they lose the weight and say, oh, look, it was Weight Watchers. Yeah. And they also do that thing where they show the fat picture and they're in a a bikini mm-hmm. and then their their weight loss picture and they're in like a black dress. Yeah, what is what's that company? God damn it. Where they're doing the dance around. Yeah. Hi, this is me and I'm I'm hoping that I lose weight because I'm a giant fatty. Blah. I get apparently Donald Sterling is doing the weight loss thing too. Apparently. <laughs> but they and then he, she's like a like a chubby chick in a in a bikini and then her after photo or video cuz she's dancing around is like in regular clothes. Like, well, we want to see the exact picture. Yeah, we can't tell what happened there without seeing the bod. Yeah, we we want to see exactly how you took care of biz. It also reminds me of like anti-aging commercials where they're like, what's Cindy Crawford's secret? And it's like, oh, uh, having the genes of Cindy Crawford <laughs> and also being made of millions of dollars right. where you're never stressed out there... and can pay for whatever you want. Here's her two secrets. Genetic superiority and millions of dollars. Exactly. That's how you look like Cindy Crawford. How well, does she do it? What was the recent thing? And we have to post this on the page. Recently, it's the Nexus, Nexius, or ne- Nerium. Nerium. It's some multi-level marketing program uh, scam, I would say, alleged, that they have a, there's a picture of a lady, and look look at the cream. It did what wonders to her, wrink her crow's feet on her eyes. And in the one picture... The before picture. The before picture, it, she's clearly smiling in the yes. picture, but they cut off where her face... her It's only like a look at her eyes, but you can see at the angle of her cheek yeah. that she's clearly smiling, which is causing the crow's feet. And then in that next picture, there's no crow's feet because she's not smiling. Yeah, exactly. But it's not a before and after. It, if they mean before she was smiling and after she was smiling, yeah. then that picture is pretty correct. But So we're going to definitely put that on the page for you guys. Yeah, Anyway, I think we've exhausted this gluten-free bullshit. I, I still want to get back to the GMOs thing so bad. We're going to have to do that. But not today, apparently. Well, this this kind of goes along the same thing as as that recent New York Times article we were reading about where beliefs and facts kind of collide and how it's it kind of creates cognitive dissonance well apparently it's not actually (laughs) that's what the whole article is about (laughs) right brendan nyhan he wrote the article and he discusses research on you know how people understand science and they understand scientific consensus about issues like climate change and evolution but even though they understand it they still will say they don't believe it and so they they know they know what science says they just say, nah, to science. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Uh, of all the things to say to science, nah is probably the, not the thing to say. I would agree with that. So the Pew Research Center found that 33% of the public believes humans and other living things have existed in their present form since the beginning of time. 33% of the public believes that humans and other living things have existed in their present form since the beginning of time. I wanted to say it twice. Well, I know. Well, let's say Because this. we need to know what that means. Let's define what the beginning of time is. Let's say that it means the beginning of the earth. Let, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Because the, the beginning of time would be like 13.7 billion years ago. Beginning of the earth would be, you know, four and a half billion years. But... Certainly, no creatures existed, no life form existed on Earth at the beginning of time. Well, they're trying to say that the way it's formulated is... About evolution. Yeah, no evolution occurred. Right. They just, they came out, and this is what they were, and they've been that ever since they existed. Absurd. Yeah. Completely absurd. Yes. But a third... 33%. One third of Americans believe that. That's yeah. fucking scary. And 26% think that there is not solid evidence that the average temperature on Earth has been getting warmer over the past few decades. So th- I have a problem with this one because I-, I do believe that 20-some percent believe that, but it's being the numbers are being skewed by the political argument because these jackass enemies of science who are anti – who want to fight the global warming argument – what they're really fighting, most of the relatively rational ones, which there's not many, 
they're not fighting that there is no global warming. The political argument is that it is not a man-caused issue. And I think that is a debate to be had. But there is no argument over whether or not global warming is happening. It is happening. It's just whether what's causing it exactly. Yeah, so beliefs on both topics, evolution and climate change, are divided along religious and partisan lines. For instance, 46% of Republicans said there is not solid evidence of global warming compared with 11% of Democrats. We already know that Republicans feel a certain way about that. Democrats feel a certain way about that. Right, and those are going to be Southern Democrats. <laughs> so as a result of surveys like the Gallup poll, scientists and advocates have concluded that many people are not aware of the evidence on these issues and just need to be provided with the correct information, right? They say that that's the solution. They just don't have the correct information. They just need to learn it, right? Yeah. Then they'll know. Uh, that's the impulse behind efforts like the campaign to publicize the fact that 97% of climate scientists believe human activities are causing global warming. Again, the scientific consensus. Consensus, angle. right. So in a new study, a law professor, Dan Cahan, finds that the divide over belief in evolution between more and less religious people is wider among people who otherwise show familiarity with math and science. This suggests that the problem isn't lack of information because they are very familiar with math and science. Right. And that only makes the disparity between more and less religious people wider. Yeah. So it's not that they're uneducated. They know. So what is it? Um, when he tested whether respondents knew the theory of evolution, omitting mention of belief, there was virtually no difference between more and less religious people with a high scientific familiarity. In other words, religious people knew the science, they just weren't willing to say they believed in it. This suggests that more people know what scientists think about high-profile high scientific controversies than the polls suggests. They just aren't willing to endorse the consensus when it contradicts their political or religious views. With science, as with politics, identity often trumps the facts. I, would, I was getting to that. I was going to say that after you got done. I'm glad that that's in there because... That is what people hold so tightly to what they believe their identity is rather than the truth. Yeah. And I liked this article talking about, well, what should we do? And one implication of this study and other research in this field is that we need to try to break the association between identity and factual beliefs on these high profile issues. For instance, we need to make it clear that you can believe in human induced climate change and still be a conservative Republican. And you can even be an evangelical Christian because there's a climate scientist, Catherine Hayhoe, hey awesome, awesome name, by the way, <laughs> who believes in human-induced climate change, but she's an evangelical Christian. So she's not breaking from her identity, and she's still having a belief that aligns with science. It's an odd... I find it a lot, um, especially with, with religion, and I'm not going to shit on religion too much, but I find it a lot with religion that... People, when you challenge their belief in God or their their different dogmatic religious beliefs, uh, doctrinally, like within Christianity, let's say, they take deep offense like you're insulting them. Yeah. Because they can't separate their who they are and what they believe. Yeah. Like, if you want to attack me on, on being an atheist, okay, I, it, that doesn't bother me. I, I'm not... I am not wholly what I believe. Yeah. I believe those things, but they are not who I am. Yeah. It's the whole thing we've said before. Ideas don't deserve respect. People deserve respect. Yeah. And if more people have that attitude, I think they'd be able to separate themselves from what they believe a lot, a lot easier. Yeah. I, I think that, I don't know. I don't know how to analyze these people that feel threatened when they you know people start arguing with them because i mean i just changed my mind on polygamy pretty fast i watched a freaking show and now my whole outlook has changed so i i am regularly changing my opinions about things and well, we all should be yeah i mean i get new information and i'm like wow that's, i that, was dumb damn, that's it that's it as soon as you get new information intelligent people 
as soon as someone gets new inter- in, 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 in entertainment, as soon as someone gets new information, they should have new beliefs or at least modify their previous belief. It's like the um, Keynesian quote, which is funny because he yeah. is uh, not, a not a well-liked economist. He's not an economist that is well-liked by Jesse D. No, but he, he says, there's a famous quote by him, when the facts change, I change my mind. Mm-hmm. And with the polygamy thing, I guess I had just never, the show's doing a great job of painting a picture of what a relationship would be like. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is kind of changing my outlook on things. I guess I just had to see it. I had to know about it. And before, I never really knew about it. So I had this opinion based kinda, on nothing. It was conceptual before. And now you've, 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 they've painted a picture. Yeah. And of, even if it's, it's a moving picture. Yeah. Even if it's not <laughs> realistic, even if it's just a show, I mean, it is what it is. And it's new information that I really, it's made me come around a little bit. Yeah. And this has happened with countless things. I used to call myself a Christian, although I, refused to be baptized in my church. I'm the only one in my family that wasn't and all that. But because you're smart. Well, that remains to be seen, but (laughs) we, (laughs) but things like that, you know, I, I used to call myself a Christian. Then I was an agnostic because I was afraid to call myself an atheist. Now I'm okay being called an atheist. And you know, it, it just, you go through process changes in your life where you understand different things I mean, how are we supposed to stay the same? It's not really realistic, especially when things change all the time. Well, right? We we are in an age of, and maybe this is, could be said of all ages, but we are in an age of discovery. Yeah, we are. Things right now more than maybe ever are changing very rapidly, almost exponential change, and. Those who refuse to adapt and change what they believe based on what they know to be true, they're going to be left behind because we are, goddamn, it, it is an amazing transformation that's happening. Even even in my lifetime, and I'm just <laughs> barely into adulthood, let's say. I mean, I'm not I'm not an old man. I'm not like an 80-year-old guy. Oh, I remember when we yeah. we had horse and buggy. <laughs> That's not who I am. I'm I'm just a a regular dude. Yeah. And I remember not having a cell phone growing up. Yeah. I remember having a cassette tape. And and now a CD is almost fucking completely obsolete. Yeah. <laughs> so if we I remember I worked for Motorola I, I was a marketing consultant for Motorola, and I remember them bra- getting to see the latest technologies that were on the horizon in cell phones. Ooh. And they bro- broke out this StarTac cell phone that had just colored LED lights on the front, and Ooh. we fucking lost our minds <laughs> like we had just put a man on the moon. And now we've got... Yeah, who cares about that? Yeah, it's fucking amazing. So those who will not adjust their beliefs based on what they know they're going to be fucking be left behind and it's happening quicker and quicker well and that's the important thing in this article talking about when beliefs and facts collide scientific consensus means a lot it means a lot in a recent debate that i had with someone they were talking about how well one study will be published that says this and another one will be published that says this and for a lot of different topics yeah that is the case but you need to look at what the consensus is that's very important what's the main finding that has you know, been found in the science on that issue. And that's probably what you should go with as factual. Until we know more. And align <laughs> your beliefs with what's factual. I mean, how right. it's, that's not that hard. Apparently it is. Yeah, apparently it as is. As evidenced by the last 10 minutes of talking. All right. Sorry, everybody. In uh, more happy news, um, a gay archbishop in Minnesota is in trouble. I was like, do I have the wrong article up next? Or what is this happy news you're I had, talking about? I wrote myself a separate rundown, and now you're you're not following it. I'd like to know what is going on in the water in Minnesota that these Catholics can't stay out of fucking trouble. Whether it be child rapist priests or this asshole who is clearly gay and supporting anti-gay movements and legislation and 
what the fuck is going on over there? Yeah, because, of course, his being gay is not an issue. But the problem is here we have another truth wiener. Another truth wiener. Right, where let's just kind of review what we talked about previously. Uh, the study that I talked about in maybe the first episode of the show. It was like the first five, yeah. Yeah, about how homophobic men are more aroused by homosexual porn. And and they they put something on their penis to measure their erections during different types it's of like, porn. It's called like a hypostatic... Something or other. So the peen don't lie. The the wiener does not lie. That would be a good uh, substitute for hips don't lie if Shakira wanted to take that. The peen don't lie. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, Ricky Martin will do that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Minnesota Archbishop John Ninestead. Um, yeah, let's go with that. Ninestead. He's 67 years old and he has spent years advocating against gay marriage. In 2013, speaking to a crowd at the Nampa Institute, he said, quote, Today, many evil forces have set their sights on the dissolution of marriage and the debasing of family life, sodomy, abortion, contraception, pornography, and the redefinition of marriage and the denial of objective truth are just some of the forces threatening the stability of our civilization. She's getting worked up. She's pounding her fist on the table, making errant slapping noises, as though she's not in studio recording something into a microphone. I'm sorry. What are you, Drew? Are yeah. you Dr. Drew Pensky? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I was getting entertained there because he's throwing sodomy, abortion, contraception, pornography, into and the, the redefinition of marriage as a... All these are forces threatening the stability of civilization. Contraception. So the, the, the stability of civilization is threatened by birth control. And by sodomy. As long right. as it's not with little boys like your buddies like to have. Yeah. It's fine. Let people do what they're going to do again. Anyway, so he warned that, quote, Satan knows all too well the value that the family contributes to the fabric of the good, solid society, as well as the future of God's work on earth. So what happened to him? Well, I he, was just going to ask. <laughs> he has been busted because he's alleged to have had multiple sexual relationships with other priests and other men. Getting down town with other priests, huh? Yeah. And other men. Yes. I assume you mean regular men. Yeah, regular non -priest men. Non-priest men. Not holy men. Hmm. Just regular kind. Well, that is not shocking in the slightest. Yeah. Like I said, Minnesota... It's also, you know, and it, it, it's it's tough for me because if he wants to be in the closet and gay, that's one thing. But when you're advocating for anti-gay shit, you're going to be a target. You know what I mean? And I don't think he should be outed necessarily against his own will. But you're certainly making yourself a giant fucking target when you're espousing virulent anti-gay propaganda. Yeah, so he's denying these allegations and claims to have authorized the internal investigation of his behavior. He says, quote, the allegations do not involve any minors, um, but he is not a noted protector of children. In April, he testified about his knowledge, or rather his efforts to look as though he had no knowledge of, the sexual abuse of children in the church. He was not only alleged to have failed to report charges of criminal sexual behavior, but also to have taken steps to hide the existence of such allegations altogether. And the Twin Cities law enforcement accused him of failing to cooperate with investigators. So he was involved in the lawsuits we've previously talked about yeah. in Minnesota and the Twin Cities. Well, he's a terrible person. He's a t gay, straight, whatever. He's a fucking terrible person because of his stances and, and especially for ignoring the behavior of his colleagues. Yeah, another kind of funny thing. In 2006, he wrote a column devoted to warning Catholics against Brokeback Mountain, which he said <laughs> was an example of Hollywood turning, quote, their backs on God and the standards of God in their quest to make evil look so attractive. And this Daily Beast article notes, too attractive perhaps for him to Did resist. He really thinks that they made it look attractive to be gay in that movie? It was a fucking tragic tale 
of two men who were fucking tortured because they were gay and says, God damn, what the fuck is with these people? It's an asinine assessment of that movie. That movie was a, a tragedy on all sides. Fucking terrible. I never saw the whole thing. God damn. Because I was bored by it. it but- terrible terrible assessment of that movie but like this daily beast article says apparently it was just too attractive for him he was probably just focusing on all the banging yeah yeah and getting down on himself all the cowboy sex yeah Yeah. and he was into that and had to issue a release quick so that people (laughs) didn't know what he was doing Well, he issued a press release after he issued his own release while he jo'd during the movie nice that was good In 2010, he launched a mail campaign to spread the warnings that... A mail campaign. Yeah, I know. 2010. Come on, guy. (laughs) Warning that Catholics... No, I meant mail. M-A-L-E. Oh. Oh. Like a dude campaign. Yeah, sorry. God damn. Get with the fucking program here. I know. I'm stepping all over your jokes. So he spread the warning that Catholics should exercise caution around gay people. Over 400,000 DVDs were mailed to Catholics in Minnesota. I bet they issued some DVDs. Containing within them the message (laughs) that, quote, so-called same-sex marriage is an untested social experiment. I love, hang on, I love so-called same-sex. What else else are you going to call it? I know. It's fucking same-sex marriage. Well, it's like saying, I don't believe in same-sex marriage. Okay, it exists. Well, I don't believe in unicorns. Yeah, I'm making your point. Oh, you are? Unicorns don't exist. I don't believe in them. Well, gay marriage does exist. So yeah, whether you believe something. in it or not, it exists. Right, right. So you weren't making my point, and you were making a dumb point. Uh, okay. Fuck my life. So then in 2012, he donated over $650,000 of church money. Oh, I was going to say, where did he get $650,000? To block gay marriage. $650,000 of church money to block gay marriage. Right. Really? There's no poor people who are starving to death in Minnesota. Yeah. There's no better cause. Let's use nearing a million dollars of church money yeah there's no kids that are freezing and need to be clothed fuck my life they're not hungry and need to be fed like i said what a terrible fucking person oh you know where that money could have gone to abused victims yeah no shit catholic priests well they're gonna pay they better pay so speaking of worthless pricks we're gonna talk about uh, i'm sorry speaking of alleged worthless pricks We're going to talk about a cop in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who is currently on paid leave because he shot a lady three times. And when they did the investigation relative to the shooting, she was in it. There was a car chase and she um, she fled the vehicle and ran and he ended up shooting her three times. Jeremy Deer is his name. Jeremy Deer, Officer Jeremy Deer of Albuquerque Police Department. Um, when he did shoot her three times, uh, apparently some of the documents I've read said that it, the angle of the shooting was that like a downward angle, like not her fleeing, but he, his, uh, lapel camera was, didn't work. What a shock. What a coincidence that his lapel camera didn't work. Well, apparently this guy has a history of this kind of bullshit going on. He was, he's been involved in two other Well, I tell you what. Action 7 News uncovers a pattern of questionable behavior by an Albuquerque police officer who recently shot and killed a teenager. For some reason, there is no lapel cam video from Officer Jeremy Deer during that shooting. And as Megan Cruz tells us, this is not the first time he's come back with no video. It's a story you'll only see on 7. Albuquerque police officer Jeremy Deer has a personnel file that's two inches thick. Officials have investigated Deer more than 10 times for violating department policies, like not having a working lapel camera. In the file, Deer failed to produce lapel video on three different occasions, and in some of those incidents, civilians claimed Deer beat them up. The first incident took place in April 2012. A man filed a complaint against Deer, saying Deer threatened to arrest him for no reason. Without lapel video, investigators say they couldn't prove the allegations. Deer said his camera was dead. Then in January 2013, Deer and another officer had to break up a fight. Deer admitted he had no choice but to hold one man by his neck and punch him in the face to restrain him. 
When Deere wrote his police report, there's only mention of an audio recording. The officer with Deere did have his lapel camera on, but said it turned off or malfunctioned, so didn't capture any of the fight. Finally, in February 2013, a man filed a complaint saying Deere punched him in the stomach and kneed him in the groin during a traffic stop. Deere told investigators he did not have video of the incident because his lapel camera battery died. Deere says the traffic stop did not become violent. Nowhere in the file does it say Deere was disciplined for not having lapel video. The police department has said they will not comment on Deere's history because it's a personnel issue. Deere is still on paid leave following Mary Hawk's shooting. Megan Cruz, KOAT Action 7 News. He has a history of this kind of bullshit going on. I am very disturbed by this because I try to be a defender of cops a lot of times. Yeah. You you do. And I don't know why. I guess I just I just do. I try to be a defender of them. Well, I mean, you want to be a believer that they are looking out for the best interest of of they you really want to buy into to protect and serve. And I get disturbed when people are like, "Oh, these dirty pigs," and they say things like that. But I mean, there are so many stories of horrible cops, you know, with Kelly Thomas, the schizophrenic who was beaten to death. Multiple cops took part in that. That's not just one errant asshole. Yeah. That was multiple dudes. And I mean, it's really disturbing. These A lot of people who become police officers have this weird power trip thing. Yeah. And I mean, this guy with his camera, it's never working. It's always malfunctioning. I mean, that's a sign that something's going wrong here well, with him, th- there, not his camera. His Him turning in cases where there's an assault or there's use of force and then his camera coincidentally not working. When it happens for the third time, it's time to go. Whether and But it, it's just a bummer that he wasn't fired on the second time when he, during a traffic stop, punched a man in the stomach and kneed him in the groin, allegedly. Oh, for sure. If they had fired him then, if the Albuquerque Police Department had been responsible and fired him then, this teenage girl wouldn't be dead. And granted, she stole a car and she fled the police. That's a bummer. But do you deserve to die for stealing a car? I, I would venture no one would claim yes. And this... Jeremy Deer, even in his in his, I don't know if it's a, it's just a, a, a like a photo that the police has issued of him. He looks like a smug. It's hard to look like a smug prick when you're just sitting there smiling for the camera, and it might be because of all this information I'm reading about him. But he looks like a fucking smug prick. This is the kind of guy that I'd love to catch a off-duty police officer in a bar getting mouthy, because I'd love to beat the shit. Out of Jeremy Deere. This guy deserves a fucking beatdown. So he's in the news right now. <laughs> oh, she cut me off. Okay. Because, uh, <laughs> no, that's not what's happening. He's in the news right now because uh, in 2011, Jeremy Deere told a police investigator that he saw a suspect, Alan Gomez, holding a cigarette and standing in front of his house talking with police. This is according to court records. The suspect, Gomez was a suspect in a hostage situation and was considered to be armed. When he turned to go back in the home, an officer fired, considering Gomez to be a threat to the people inside. During a deposition five months later for a wrongful death lawsuit by his family, Jeremy Deere said he saw something larger, possibly a gun, in Gomez's hand, but when attorney Joseph Fine, representing Gomez's family, the suspect, played the audio recording of the moment before the shooting, all captured by Deere's uniform-mounted camera, Deere acknowledged that he told the shooting officer that the victim's hands were not visible. So he was lying on stand. Which is, you're protecting and serving, you're also swearing to uphold and defend the Constitution. You're held to a higher fucking standard to be a cop. Lying on the stand? Perjury is, is rarely, it's rarely prosecuted. But in the case of a, a police officer or a government agent, it should be fucking pushed forward and you should be prosecuted. Yeah, so the suspect's family received a $900,000 settlement from the city. And Deere is now under investigation, like you said, for fatally shooting Mary Hawks, a 19-year-old woman yeah. who was suspected in of driving a stolen pickup. Fucking piece of shit, dirty fucking liar. Smug bastard. 
Yeah. And the the police chief is trying to say, oh, we know technology is not 100% foolproof, blah, blah, blah. You could say that if his, whatever they called his... Lapel his, camera. No, his issues that he's having oh, in his yeah. book is two inches thick. That's... What, why is this right, guy right. employed? His personnel file. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing is this is the problem is there's this... It's them, it's us against them kind of a mentality with police oftentimes. And I'm not saying all police are bastards. I know a lot of good cops. I know some very good cops. But this whole us against them thing is a bummer where this police chief is going to defend this worthless piece of shit to the end because he's one of us. We got to stick together. It's us against them. That's a problem. That's a problem. Anyway. You guys should check out this story. It is not national news yet, I don't believe, but it should be, and hopefully it will be soon because it is a, it's a problem. Uh, it's a problem in, in small communities and large communities alike in the United States, and it needs more attention. So if you're listening, Jeremy Deer. CeeLo. CeeLo. So. Listen, we appreciate and love every single one of you for listening. We are tirelessly looking up articles and watching the news and wasting lots of time that could be spent doing other more important things. And we do appreciate you very, very much. Um, if you have suggestions for topics on the show, we do plan soon on doing a show on Strictly Weed on marijuana. And... Apparently, it has to be done that we do a show on the GMO, anti-GMO movements. It, it just, it's, I'm too fucking fired up to not do it. So um, if you have suggestions, you know where to go. You can go to the Facebook page or tweet us. There's a contact link at the top right-hand side of the, the dollamore.com page. And also on the dollamore.com page is a link to Amazon where you can buy a book or gluten-free bread, mm -hmm. or a bread maker where you can make gluten-free bread. I know this because I actually did buy a bread maker that I never use yes. on Amazon.com. So, <laughs> this is making Brittany really, really happy right now. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, this has been episode 35 we love you. We appreciate you. 657-464-7609 is the number. If you'd like to leave a voicemail and have it incorporated into the show. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Whether your donut is gluten-free or not, it's still a donut. <laughs>